Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we get to portal ponderings. And also, we hear from our local Minister of Defense. Next, on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Glad to have you along for the ride again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. He's the only Chris Level, and I'm Casey Cowan. Coming up today, want to get to football, and we're getting defensive with our local Minister of Defense, Brother Tim DeRuder. We'll hear from coming up on today's episode. But before we get to football, Chris, going to kick off today's show actually referring to what we touched on yesterday. That was, at that time, some reported intention that Jalen Tyson would be entering the transfer portal. Since we last convened, he has officially done that, and there's some things to process now as far as where the destination could be. I did have to laugh a little bit in reading the announcement from Jalen. It's just because uh, this is what they do now, but... Um, I always like the qualifier of I'm entering the transfer portal with the option to return like that's some official contract term or something like that. <laughs> I guess that's yet to be determined, but he did say it. But now we're left to wonder what does the future hold for Jalen Tyson? And of course, uh, Chris, as Texas Tech basketball fans, man, we've seen some uh, former Red Raiders show up elsewhere, be impactful, be productive sometimes on your own conference schedule. So I know a lot of us are probably wondering, <laughs> oof, if we don't see him again in a Red Raider uniform, are we going to see him again in an opposing uniform? whole lot to take in here with this announcement from Jalen Tyson. Yeah, you know, yesterday when, when we spoke, it wasn't official yet, uh, but you, you, you get the um, – you know, the, the message from him and, and the, the, the social media graphic and all those things. And yeah, he, so he's, he's going to go into the portal. Uh, I, I would say I'll be surprised again. I could be wrong, but I'll be surprised if he, if he returns or has the option to return, I think everybody will kind of go their separate way. That's my guess. Uh, just because what, why would you want to return? What change, what, what would have changed? You know, there's a reason you're getting into the portal, and, and he's clearly going to be somebody that gets. There, there are some players that get into the portal. And it's like, well, didn't really hear from anybody. Was, <laughs> was looking to was looking to upgrade. It's the John Travolta uh, meme from Pulp Fiction. Hey, yeah, yeah. Everybody go. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. No doubt. Great film, by the way. Um, uh, there's my wallet in the bag. It's the one that says, you know, uh, on it. Um, you know, he, he's going to have options. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, it's been starting to be reported that Kansas uh, has interest. I think it, it's being reported that Jalen Tysus also has interest in in Kansas. Uh, so the Kansas fan base kind of having some fun at the Red Raider fan base expense and that, you know, hey, man, you, you, you know, Texas Tech can groom them up, and we'll just take them when the, when the time is right. I don't know what will happen there, but uh, I don't anticipate a return there. I just don't uh, because I just don't know what would have changed. Uh, th there's a reason it kind of took this long to get into the portal, and then now that you're in, you're going to start hearing from, from folks. And um, 
Look, this this is a player that was here for one year. Uh, uh, I, it depends on <laughs> depends of. on who you believe. <laughs> but I I've even heard that. Now this would have been tricky. That Chris Beard told Mark, "Don't don't take him. He's hard to coach." You know, like whenever that went down back in what uh, I guess November December of what would that have been 2021 I guess 21, it, it, I that's right yeah. yeah but at the time you know they did take him they had a spot open and I think that you know uh, Tech and, and Coach Adams at the time were looking for the PR uh, you know part of it as much as anything and so like man we could take a guy from Texas right now like me too man we're already the, we're already the king kingmaker uh, you know early on in our tenure so and, and and I just it just did never vibe between Jalen and I think uh, Mark and that staff. I think it was kind of up and down. People see his talent; he is extremely talented. I think uh, you know that they're to be fair. Um, and he was always nice to me. But to be fair, I think uh, most people around him would say, you know, just hey, part part of the maturity process for him is is being a bit more consistent and being the, you know, his, his uh, he's emotional. And I think sometimes that benefited him sometimes that, that maybe hurt him a little bit, but that's just part of being young sometimes or younger. Cause people forget, I mean, yes, he's been in college for two years, but he was really, this past year was a freshman year. And people saw, I think kind of the highs, kind of the, you know, some, yeah. some of the struggles because I'm sitting there watching him in Ames, Iowa. And I'm thinking like, Wow, this is this is tough to watch. You know, uh, a team and some and a few of these players. He was one of them. Struggle mightily uh, and and just kind of get, get lapped and circled and and just it, it was ugly. And then there were times when he could just roll out of bed and get you eighteen and twelve and not really play that well. Uh, but that's just kind of how good he is. So I don't know how we got here. <clears throat> I don't know if this is Jalen's decision, if this is Grant McCaslin's decision, if this is a mutual decision, if this is based in NIL, if this is based on uh, schemes, whether it be offense or defense. I I, I just don't know. Uh, But I will say a divorce here doesn't necessarily surprise me um, as you are trying to change the the, the culture or or whatever. and, And maybe coach and player don't want the other to be a part of it. I, I just don't know, you know, but it doesn't really surprise me. And again, I, I will say this, anybody leaving wasn't going to surprise me. I just don't pretend to know like what you're, you're trying to put together yet until you have a better feel. Cause we have very few answers right now and a whole lot of questions. And now Jalen Tyson's probably become the biggest question. And the last thing Cowan I'll say is if you're going to go, Look for a replacement here, and you are in fact moving on, and he's not going to return. You got to go find some scoring. That is the one thing that I think they've desperately got to find somebody that can ring the bell, man. Like not, not, not. Hey, you averaged, you know, double digit points or wherever you're coming from. No, I'm saying somebody that legitimately can score in the Big Twelve Conference at the end of the clock. We throw it to you. You're going to make something happen. And there was a lot of times Jalen Tyson could do that. Not every time, uh, but a lot of times. And so they've got to address that component in the portal, certainly. Yeah, I. Um, there were some highs, some lows. You kind of saw Tyson's progression through the year. You saw 27 from him on the road in Morgantown against West Virginia. Yep. Um, 
but it was always a little more hurry up, I guess, uh, as opposed to, well, give him time to progress, even given that it was, you know, his first kind of full-fledged run through a college basketball season. I totally agree with the the thought on, you know, whenever he came back from Texas, I, I didn't know what he was as a player to begin with when he first arrived at Texas Tech. Never heard of him, never seen him, obviously, but that's because I'm not following you know, prep level basketball. And I know he was uh, a guy that had accolades and was decorated. Uh, but I, I didn't know him from Adam as a basketball player. So whenever he chose to return to Texas Tech, it was all about, screw you, Chris Beard. That was my only thought. I mean, you could have sent us to Tau Boy and not have been happy to take him from that program at that time. Um, I knew that Jalen Tyson was a very talented guy and was glad again to see some of that bubble to the surface offensively I never knew was he a street dog I never knew how competitive or how basketball tough he was I don't know how personally tough he is I that not that that really matters but from a basketball perspective you know is he someone that wanted to do the things that were not all that sexy is he someone that wanted to defend was so competitive he almost hated losing more than he enjoyed winning was somebody that really was going to do day to day to day what you needed to happen within this program. And I guess I would say as well, in tandem with the guys you had, because Chris, you can have like an offensive oriented guy that maybe is not your most vicious, you know, dog on a leash, but you need the other nine guys to be those vicious dogs on the yeah. leash. If you're going to have that guy. And I just feel like you had a two, a few too many guys that weren't, you know, frothing at the mouth to really get after it like that. And, to be honest with you, with the Pop Isaac's return, I'm I'm kind of checking that box, I guess, personally. Not to say that's all you need, but I'm like, all right, well, here's a guy that I believe will get buckets, and I believe will get buckets more consistently, more reliably than Jalen Tyson. There wasn't a day this previous season where if you told me draw up a play in the final few minutes to get a bucket, your options are Tyson or Isaacs, that I would have chose Tyson over Isaacs. Not one. And – I don't really know what that says for either one of them. And I wish Tyson the best of luck somewhere else far, far away. Uh, not in the Big 12 Conference. But I'm glad to have Isaacs in the position that he's in. And I almost feel like there is more of an upside as far as rounding out your game. Being a competitor, not just a scorer, but being a basketball player. There's more upside in my elementary perspective uh, with Pop Isaacs than there is with Jalen Tyson. So, I, I don't, I'm not saying they're, they were the same player, but their best attribute right now as basketball players on this level is scoring the basketball. Um, if that's your only attribute ever, it's probably not going to be a long basketball career for you. But for right now, if that is your only attribute, then I'd like to see you doing it really consistently. I felt like the other guy, if we're just talking about some of those younger ones being Isaacs, did it more consistently. So I'm not you know, tore up over this departure necessarily. He was on my top three Red Raider list that I'd like to see return um, along with Daniel Bacho. But uh, either way, I think if you were unable to get out of him something dramatically different than what you got out of him a season ago, it was just going to be another year filled with frustration for him individually as a basketball player. Um, just my perspective, but I think if he can find a fit maybe in a different type of style or where – there's not already other guys on the perimeter who are taking up the role of, I will score and occasionally think about defense. If they don't already have one of those guys, then maybe he'll fit in very well there. Does that make sense? I, you've, 
everybody knows this. A team is just like a puzzle piece. Not all puzzle pieces are the same. Guys have different roles, different personalities, whatever. But I felt like you had a few too many guys in similar categories on the perimeter uh, a season ago. So maybe if you mix it up a little bit, I don't know. You could see some improvement there. But wish him luck again anywhere he goes, aside from those places that wind up on a Texas Tech schedule. If that is the case, then you know what I'm wishing you, my man. And I can't say it on this program. They're cheering in the audience. All right, we're leaving hoops there to the side. We're getting to the football realm. Coming up, dead ahead, the Minister of Defense, Tim DeRuder. We're hearing from him on what's coming up on that side of the ball this season and some experiences slash takeaways literally from a season ago. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. making us a part of your day on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network whenever, wherever, however you're dialing us up. We appreciate it. Subscribe on YouTube. Become one of those everydayers out there. <laughs> Tattoos, maybe. I threw it out there and got some good feedback on maybe a one percenter Locked On Texas Tech tattoo at the end of this calendar. If you're subscribed, if you're an everydayer, however, that's the only way you can get an authorized Locked On Tech uh, Texas Tech tattoo. Pardon me, a little tougher to roll out than I thought. With Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. We were talking hoops a moment ago. We're talking football now in three, two, one. The Minister of Defense, one of the local holy men, Tim DeRuder, uh, was on a Sirius XM radio show, I believe, recently and was offering up all kinds of really interesting thoughts. And Tim DeRuder is one of the most interesting figures within the Texas Tech football program, in my opinion, right now because of his history, obviously very established as a defensive mind within the realm of college football. He was the gray-headed vet, uh, not speaking literally, but of the staff, I think. When you're talking about Coach McGuire doing it for the first time as a head coach on this level, you're talking about Zach Kitley as a very young guy. And then you got Tim DeRuiter, which was quite a contrast. And his side of the ball did not disappoint. Now, he's had some of the flashiest pieces to work with, obviously, in a short amount of time so far in West Texas, but lived up. I think, to a lot of their potential on that side of the ball and very excited about the chances of progressing even further. But one of the things I want to get to with Coach DeRuiter first, Chris, was something that was kind of an interesting thing to behold or witness a season ago. And really, we've had this experience before with not so successful results, but it's that old-fashioned complementary football or at least the pursuit of complementary football. And when you're doing things offensively like you like to do in West Texas on occasion, that really puts the defense with either a back against the wall or just maybe a sense of urgency, uh, a different kind of urgent context than you're in in some other cases, whether it's you know play total or whatever we're talking about as far as the time that defense may spend on the field versus the offense. And thought Coach DeRuiter handled that very well, obviously, uh, with his group last season, Chris, and was interested to hear him speak on just that the impact of what he feels on the other side of the football and how he views defense either in the Big 12 or in this modern era of college football. Here's Coach DeRuiter. It's one of the things that uh, you just got to understand that you're going to play probably more possessions. I've been on both ends of it. When I was at the Air Force Academy with Troy Calhoun, you know, there was a lot of games. We, we might have only been out there seven or ten possessions. And, and, and you kind of like those games, you know, where you're only playing 50 snaps of defense. 
Uh, it's obviously different here. Um, it's a different challenge, but but we are finding ways to win the Texas Tech way, and that's you know mm-hmm. the way Coach McGuire sees the best way for us to have an opportunity to win, and a lot of it has to do with analytics and. I think that the numbers, especially at the end of the year, bore itself out for us last year that people forget how many teams had three different starting quarterbacks for multiple games and won eight ball games in a bowl game. You know, I I think uh, people judge defense differently uh, now than they ever have. Uh, I think, you know, we used to, you know, because now it's like, because uh, I think the the stat actually total defense I think is based on how many yards you give up per game, and I think there's there's some thought in in the coaching circles that yards just don't you know really matter. A lot of times there's empty yards. It's really about how good how good do you allow a team to be on third down? How many points are you allowing them to score? How how many red zone, uh, you know, opportunities can you like? Okay, force them to a field goal, or instead of allowing them to score a touchdown, and so, and and, and that's why I think you know Joey and, and, and Tim and all that they work on it on a daily basis. But the whole take three uh, deal, because you know, if, if you can create enough takeaways and give your your offense just a few more possessions per game, the the, the data would suggest, boy, it it very much increases your chances uh, to win the game. So this is why they talk about takeaways and turnovers. So, and again, everybody does. Everybody works on it and talks about it. But I, I think that that's why, you know, nobody's the 85 Bears anymore. You know, you're just not – you're not stonewalling people anymore. Even Georgia with NFL talent all over, you know, the you know the, they, they have some days where they just – you can't get people stopped or you're simply just trying to slow people down as opposed to, to allowing them to score touchdowns and things like that. So uh, it, it's just – and I and I think Tim, Tim to his credit, Coach DeRuiter, he's very, very smart, okay? He's, he's, he's very experienced. And that's why the right ex- – experience alone isn't always just like something a staff, you know, is going to just benefit it necessarily. But the right experience and, and adapting to what you're trying to do here – has benefited Texas Tech football greatly because Tim is not worried about stats or how many snaps his team is going to – or his side of the ball is going to have to play. Doesn't care what it looks like. Doesn't care if, okay, maybe we get we get thrown out there on the – you know, on our own 25-yard line because our team didn't get a fourth down conversion. You know, he's just not worried about any of that. They are simply out there trying to, you know – take the ball away, stop a team, slow them down. I mean, all those things. And he just adapted to it. And, and to his credit, he's really gotten his kids on that side of the ball to believe in that. So there is no animosity between offense, defense. There is no animosity between him and Zach Kitley. And I think that goes a long way into your culture and your brand and all those things. Yeah, no doubt. And Texas Tech a, a season ago, impactful in so many of those era, areas that you were just running down. Uh, might surprise you to find that in Big 12 play alone, Texas Tech is the number one red zone defense in the conference. And one of the things I really liked about just that specific factoid, Chris, was that eight times, by far the most in the league, uh, you're repelling or turning away points as a result of downs. It's not even like it was always just a huge play, a turnover or something like that. No, you were making them hit that fourth down and get off the field. Was it Iowa State? You had like three of those or at least two of those like fourth down goal line stands. I mean, you really got tough 
in some tough spots on the field. And, you know, your thought on offense, on offenses in this day and age, um, is on the money because empty yards has been a real thing for so long. And if it hasn't been watching defense that's given you that idea, it could have been watching offense here in West Texas. I mean, I thought Cliff Kingsbury's offense oftentimes was a great example of just how flashy statistically you could be while also not being impactful, which I thought resulted in not being a good offense. You're there to score points uh, at the end of the day. I'm sure every defense in the country would love for you to run 20 to 20. Go mad, buddy, piling up total yards from 20-yard line to 20-yard line. But if we're only giving you three and not six or keeping you off the board entirely, you're going to have a tough time at the end of the day. And I'm glad to hear, and I don't, maybe we should be or shouldn't be surprised, but I bet some people might be surprised, to think about an elder statesman of a staff, Chris, that is evolved in that way. And I don't even know if I should say evolved. Maybe he's always been, you know, adaptive to whatever his circumstance is. But you might think, ah, oh, older guy, longtime college football coach, you know, he's not going to like this kind of style or this kind of approach. But that is not at all uh, what you hear from Tim DeRuiter. One thing you mentioned there that I want to get to from Coach DeRuiter before we're out of here is obviously the uh, the golden ticket to defensive success, regardless of any other statistic you can cover up for a multitude of sins if you were getting busy in the turnover column. There are obviously some good days for Texas Tech a season ago, but there were also some extended periods where you weren't doing what you wanted to do in that area. I think you can be a heck of a lot better as a team. Still a long way to go. The ceiling is uh, much higher. Will you do it this year? I don't know, but Coach DeRuiter did speak on how you go about generating takeaways and obviously what it can mean for not only your defense, but your team overall here again is Tim DeRuiter. But first today's episode brought to you by FanDuel America's number one sports book, NBA postseason on your mind. Now's the perfect time to get in as a new customer with FanDuel download the FanDuel app today, and you're going to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet don't bank. You feel me? Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on anything and everything. Money line, point scores, how many fans LeBron gets kicked out in the first quarter, whatever you want, they got it. Plus, FanDuel is even going to let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout. Smoking on that same game parlay pack, my man, only with FanDuel. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets today when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more and make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba coach deruder did speak on how you go about generating takeaways and obviously what it can mean for not only your defense but your team overall here again is tim deruder it starts with stopping the run and getting off the field and so for us the big thing we talk about and we did not do a very good job last year is, is creating takeaways and I think the mentality of calling it a takeaway helps. I mean, just like everybody in the country, we're drilling it daily, emphasizing it. But the mentality of, hey, we're not waiting for the offense to turn the ball over. We've got to do something to take it away. And be it through physicality, be it through having more people at the point of attack when the ball's on the ground, we call it population, uh, be it through purpose. And when we take the field, you know, we tell our guys, hey, the, the jobs to take the ball away, not to get off the field on third down or fourth down, whatever we do. I mean, that we'll take that too, but 
We want to tackle the football and attack the football to take away from the offense. I love it. Population. Love it. Yeah, you know, and they um, – I'm trying to remember. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw this up. But he, uh, he, he was showing everybody how to do a drill and – you know, they, they have different ways that they actually do like turnover and takeaway drills <clears throat> with the way that they attack it. And, and I'm, tr- I, I'm botching, I should have just remembered this and looked it up before we should have talked about it. Cause now I'm scrambling, but it, it, it was, it was mainly about like, cause he talked about population. And so it's like, are you in the city or are you in the County? And if like, you're in the city, you've got people all around you and you've got to jump on the ball and cover it up. But if you're out in the country means the ball is like kind of loose and there's really nobody else around. So they even work on that kind of stuff. So in other words, you know, cause you, we, we see that all the time, a ball gets stripped. There, there's a million players around it. And, and, and he's, he, they have these drills where they teach them, those are the ones we just want to jump on it. Get the ball. Don't worry about trying to pick it up because how often do we see, you know, well, he tried to pick oh it up. God. He got it knocked out. He got it picked up. And then it's just like a, it's a blooper reel. Yeah, you'd think and, it'd just be like natural. Yes. But we would be wrong to think that for every guy at all times, all across the roster right. to just know. Well, obviously, they, we've seen it. <laughs> they practice that. Yeah. I mean, so um, they practice, you know, if, you, if you're kind of out there and there's nobody within five yards, pick it up and go. But if if not – Get on it and get down, and and then protect it. You know, get, keep your put your back to where everybody would be coming from. And so, um, and, and and again, I said this earlier. Everybody talks about takeaways. Everybody wants to win the turnover category. This is Captain Obvious type stuff. I've never seen a staff or coach emphasize it as much as Joey and and, and Tim do. And there's a period in their practices every day. Again, the purge music starts playing over the loudspeakers. And I think offense works on ball security and defense works on. And so I, I think that they feel like that they almost try to speak it into existence. Uh, but it, it's, you know, and that that changes the game as we know, man. And oh, that's yeah. why when you see like Rabbit coming back and he's got three interceptions and you 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 see some of the you know, the players that are going to return here that, that have, you know, got the, the force fumbles and tackles for loss and all that disruptive type plays. Uh, that certainly is what makes you uh, feel really good. And like we saw Tyler Owens in the bowl game, how hard he can hit when he's flying all over the field. And I think they feel like Baskerville will be a really good replacement for somebody like Marquise Waters. So it gets you really excited about that side of the ball. But man, Tim's got it rolling, man. His stuff is really good. He's got the players that understand what he's doing. He's it's next level scheme. I think they 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 show you one thing and it's actually different. They change it week to week, but it's it's simple in the way they teach it. But the guy is he's worth uh, he's worth a lot around here. I can assure you of that. Yeah, no question. And I, I just love the way he phrases that in that comment about uh, we're not out there to just get get out the field on third or fourth down, and we're not just waiting for the offense to turn it over. Uh, we are there to take it away. I think so often it's easy to just kind of get in the the mindset of, all right, clock in first down, and hopefully we'll be clocking out on on fourth down or third down. Uh, and if they screw something up and bobble the ball, well, great play by us, but we're just going to rely on them to screw something up. Yeah. Uh, when in reality, I think 
focusing on just that will result in just that. You ever do those like uh, meditation exercises or whatever? They're like uh, focus on this part of your body. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, you really can like do something. If you concentrate every bit of energy in this singular space, I think it can produce some good things. Um, that's manifest defense, Chris. Um, that's my approach. Hadn't quite taken off yet. I did get a job on a D3 level once upon a time, but the first day when we were all just meditating and humming mm, <laughs> instead of smacking hats, the coach is like, nah, maybe uh, podcasting is what you're going to be better at. So I had to get off into broadcasting. But either way, another story for another day. You cannot convince me either before we're done. You cannot convince me that being a player or a team that generates consistent turnovers is rooted in anything other than effort, period. I don't think there is a player out there that you might consider a ball hawk or whatever. And yeah, maybe they've got great vision, anticipation skills, instinct, a uh, quick first or second step to make a break on a ball or to fool a quarterback into uh, throwing something that looks safe but isn't safe. I Obviously, these skills and traits are out there, but none of that, Chris, I, I don't think matters if you're not giving great effort finishing every freaking play. You're talking about population around the ball, being in the city, being in the county. You will never be around the ball to make a play if you're not giving great effort. I don't know of a player that I can remember that was showing up in a turnover column consistently that was also not one of your best effort players. I think Zach McPherson is probably the last guy I really think of as a guy that just showed up and boom, like, oh, okay, he creates turnovers. Uh, why? Well, there's some skill, obviously, but I think he played with great effort to the end of every play. And some may call that luck, like, oh, this guy's just always around the pile or he's always around the ball. Think about what you just said. He's there because he's giving – Great effort. So I don't think you ever like re recruit a guy, Chris, and say, all right, well, bring me all the ball hawks. <laughs> I want to go look at the ball hawk guys. I think first you're saying, bring me the guy that's giving great effort because you can probably wind up with him in that ball hawk kind of space. And, you know, when your best players, your most talented players, are those guys giving great effort? Man, you're looking at a really healthy program. And I know your turnover numbers were not what you wanted it to be a season ago. But I thought we had a lot of that where some of your most talented guys or your most talented guys, period, were the guys that were playing hardest. And uh, obviously that is infectious to everybody else on the roster if you have that going on. Yeah, I, I and I think that's just kind of who who that side of the ball is, man. I mean, they, they, you're, you've got a lot. And again, I think you've gotten faster. That also helps uh, what you're talking about. And I think just overall effort uh, helps what you're talking about. And Good things ha you know usually happen when you're you're again quick to the to the ball and, and creating the population that, that Coach Druder talked about, but um, effort and not giving up on plays or you know trying trying to strip people and, and do things from behind when you could have just like okay well they're going to score right here but what whatever it may be I, I just think it's it's kind of a mindset and uh, I remember what was the saying toward the tail end of the season and, and you got a straight coach with that big old tire, you know, on the, uh, on the sideline, keep one foot in the tire. Remember, don't, oh, it was, yeah. it, it's the Creed yeah. movie reference. Like don't step out. Like you got one foot in and I'm fighting the guy across from me and don't be the first guy that steps out. And I think that, you know, that's, uh, 
it's a great kind of, I don't know, motto or, or something that they kind of bought into at the tail end, and it certainly worked. <laughs> yeah, and a good lesson for all of us here today. Uh, if you're a country mouse or a city mouse, there's a difference there. You see that 20 on the ground in the city, you get on that son of a gun quickly. You see that 20 in the country, you scoop and score. Maybe head to Waymore's for a toot and a t-shirt. You never know. But there's a big difference, and I think that could apply to all of us in our lives Today, useful, practical information for you on this episode of Locked On Texas Tech. If you made it to the end, <laughs> that is, those who dipped out, they don't know what to do. They see that 20 and they're going to scoop and score in the city. Fools! You've cost your team an opportunity. All right. Thanks for joining us again on Locked On Texas Tech. Those everydayers out there got a special place in our heart. Become one of those by subscribing on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. We're back at a round to do it all over again. On the other side, Chris, looking forward to it, man. Enjoyed it as always today. You bet, man. Keep hope alive. Uh, and uh, we'll see kind of what happens uh, with uh, the old portaling situation uh, as the uh, days go by here. Uh, very active uh, this week, it seems like. So, anyway, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Keep hope That's alive, right. everybody. Grand Canyon, Nevada visitors this week. And That's who right. else knows what might show up on campus before the week is done. So, make sure you're locked in to Locked On Texas Tech. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. For Chris, I'm Casey. We'll see you on the next one on Locked On Texas Tech.